and welcome to the very first episode of Your Ghost Stories podcast, which is about, you guessed it, your ghost stories. So rather than this being your typical, way too serious and over-the-top mundane podcast, we aim to make this show a little bit more lighthearted, but still giving you that thrill with the stories we're going to tell you. There'll be no over-the-top sound effects here. <laughs> on Your Ghost Stories, we invite you to be a part of the show. We listen to our fair share of podcasts and YouTube channels over the years, and one thing we think is missing is having a real conversation with the people who have actually had the experience. So you get it right from the horse's mouth and not from a script. We're not here to pull apart people's stories or make assumptions. We just want to share people's true experiences and leave it up to you to decide your conclusions. So, who are we? We are Jamie and Nigel, two star-crossed lovers put together by the mystic powers of the universe. (laughs) But yeah, in all seriousness, we met about 10 years ago. We're musicians. Uh, So Nigel and I played in a rock band. We're we're called Standing Like Statues. We played for many years. Uh, We had some cool successes on places like Kerrang! and uh, other stations around the world. We've travelled around the UK together. We've done so many different things like mountain climbing, holidays, touring with our band. We've done ghost tours and, you know, many other activities. Included, um, one of them was a guided guided cave exploration where we unexpectedly had uh, a high stranger's encounter, which we, to this day, cannot explain. We'll tell you a bit more about this later in the podcast. We both share a fond interest in all things paranormal from aliens to cryptoids to ghosts and enjoy the odd conspiracy while we might not agree on every subject one thing we definitely agree on and that is this world is not always as it seems the idea for this podcast only started a few weeks ago so Nigel and his partner came over for dinner we were sharing our own personal paranormal experiences throughout the evening and we thought you know these are worth sharing so later that night I was laying in bed trying to sleep for about four hours but all I could think of was setting up this very podcast and wondering if Nigel would be down to explore some ideas and here we are. This first episode is named Host Stories, no pun intended, as we dive in deeper on our own paranormal experiences throughout our lives. Then in the following episodes we'll be sharing your ghost stories. If you're listening and keen to get involved and want to join in and tell your story on the show drop us an email at yourghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. That is your ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. So we'd really love to get you on this show. You can join us via phone call or Zoom and share your experiences with our listeners, uh, which right now is probably just your mum and dad, Nige. Let's face it. <laughs> hey, mum. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for listening to our very first, first podcast. We've not done this before, so you've you got to excuse us. But, you know, we plan to uh, make this a lot better. You know, we hope you enjoy listening to this. And um, yeah, you know, this is a new experience for both of us. But, you know, we have quite good plans for it and, you know, want to really stick at this and see what see what could come of it. We're really, really excited to hear, you know, everyone's stories. We've already um, spoke to quite a few friends and families. And, um, you know, we've we've got some amazing stories on the way. So we plan to release about one episode per week to begin with. So stay tuned for um, and follow us on Spotify, Instagram, YouTube for, you know, lots more uh, spooky stories. You know, you can find us everywhere with the tag at Your Ghost Stories podcast. We're going to dive straight in to our stories. So I think the way we're going to work this is, first of all, I'm going to go through my stories. I'll tell you kind of every experience that I've had in my life that, you know, a lot of pretty much all of them I can't explain and, you know, it really gives me this sense that 
there's something else about this world. This first story is called, I've been here before. When I was about four years old, me, my mum and my sisters were driving through this little town that, you know, we never really went before. I had this sense of like deja vu. I said out loud to my mum, you know, I've been here before. And my mum was a bit confused and she said, you know, what do you mean um, you've been here before? So, you know, with my four-year-old knowledge, I somehow went on to tell her an exact date from a past life in around the 1800s. I mean, I can't remember the exact date, but I told her I was a farmer. I told her my, my name and I said I had lots of kids, but they kept dying. Um, and, and I also said that, you know, all this land that we're currently driving through used to be farmland. I mean, at, at the time, you know, it, it, you've been there before. Yeah. Um, it's a very kind of built up housing estate now. I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds of houses everywhere and no farmland in sight. So, you know, this is a really strange thing for a four year old to come up with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we carried on with our journey and, you know, we didn't, you know, my mum just thought, just, you know, it's a kid just yeah, yeah. saying some random stuff. Um, you know, me having a vivid imagination or something. Um, but then it got a bit stranger because my oldest sister was going to college at the time and she decided to look into it further. Uh, so she looked at an old census from the date I gave um, and, you know, for the records of the area. And she found out that the place I'd mentioned was indeed mostly farmland back in the 1800s. And, you know, it's not it's not the built up residential area it is today. So uh, she also looked at the surname which I gave which, you know, sadly, I don't remember anymore. Um, and she found out that the name was in that area at the time. So, you know, maybe it was true. Maybe I was reincarnated. Um, if you look into it, I'm sure you've heard so many stories, Nigel. You know, kids at yeah, that yeah. age being able to remember past lives. You know, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of where my first experience, my first kind of experience with the not known kind of happened. Um so then around the same age, um, I was growing up, you know, in Cambridge. Um, and one day I was laying in bed. I was woken up by this really strange feeling, you know, that somebody was sitting on the end of my bed. And I looked up and my grandmother was there who had died from cancer a couple of years before I was born. Um, you know, so I never knew her and I never, never even really knew what she looked like, to be honest. But I remember having a short conversation with her in which she mentioned, I'm better now, Jamie. Um, and, you know, everything was OK now, which at the time, you know, it was completely normal. I just yeah. was just having a conversation with someone in my room. Um, yeah, I suppose your, your, your little mind can yeah. uh, comprehend what was really going on. Yeah, exactly. Like I wasn't I didn't feel I didn't feel scared or anything. I just remember having a conversation with this, you know, old lady sitting in my room. And yeah, she said, "I'm okay now, Jamie." Um and yeah, um it was it was, you know, really calming kind of experience. And uh, the last thing she actually said to me which still sticks to me to this day and as I'm saying this, you know, I've got kind of shivers. But the last thing she said to me was, "I'll come and see you again one day." you know, which has never actually happened so far. So, uh, I mean, no surprises, <laughs> Nan, if you're listening, please. Um, but the, the other weird thing is in around that time, my mum, I mean, she never told me this until many years later, but my mum had the exact same experience, you know, in the same house. 
um, she sat on my mum's bedside and said, I'm okay now, you know, I'm not in pain anymore. Um, and so, yeah, how, how can you explain that? It happened to me, it happened to my mum. Um, and, you know, very, very strange. Um, but many, many strange things actually happened in that house that I grew up in. I mean, you know, me and both my older sisters 100% claim that house was haunted. Or, you know, so, yeah, like I say, so many strange things would happen. So, for instance, maybe I was about five, six years old at this time. So in our sitting room, we had a wall clock with a swinging, a swinging pendulum. And, you know, this pendulum hadn't worked for maybe a year or so due to it having no batteries. Um, you know, it just never got replaced. So it just kind of sat on the wall as a kind of, you know, a small grandfather clock kind of thing with a swinging pendulum. And one day me and my family were all sitting watching TV and out of nowhere, the pendulum just started, you know, swinging out of the blue. That one was really freaky. Um, and, you know, other things happened, like we'd go out for the day, come home and the stereo would just be on full blast. Um, and in that house, my older sisters claimed to see things as well. You know, they both shared a room at the time and they both saw hands coming through the door, which they both, even to this day, describe as witch hands. You know, they look like really crooked Witch old lady hands. hands. Yeah, oh, man, that would have been like really. Crazy. Yeah, I'm still getting shivers just you know thinking about it. You know, yeah, like I say, we all conclusively agreed that that house was haunted. Um, and then you know, nothing really happened for a few more years. We moved to another house in Cambridge and lived there for a few more years. You know, without any experiences whatsoever. So then I turned about nine years old, and due to some change in family circumstances. Me, my mum and my middle sister, we moved to Southend. So here my mum met a new guy and, you know, this is where my little sister was born. And then one day we were asked to house it for my mum's partner's sister while they were away on holiday. So over the years we'd heard stories from them about how they believed their house was haunted. So I can't say I was really looking forward to staying there the night. So yeah, this story is one of the creepiest ones that ever happened to me. Um, and I call this one the rise of the curtain. <laughs> so I was probably about nine or 11 years old. Um, and yeah, stay at that house. We did, um, as I say, um, you know, I was totally freaked out by the prospect of staying at this house anyway. After watching some films downstairs with my mum, um, it was time for me and my middle sister to go up to bed. We were sharing a room which had a bunk bed. So, you know, I was happy that I wasn't alone. Um, and then she went to the toilet, you know, getting ready for bed and stuff. And I remember sitting in this room, just being paralyzed with fear, thinking, oh God, please nothing happened. Like, I really don't want to be in this room alone with everything I've been told over the years about how haunted the house was and stuff. So my sister was taking a while and I kept knocking on the door, asking her how long she was going to be and stuff. Uh, just, you know, in the hope that she'd just come out so I'm not alone in this room. And then while waiting, I was pacing up and down the room, just trying to distract myself, you know, just really just wanting her to come back. I felt so scared. I genuinely felt really scared. You know, nothing had happened at this point, but I just had this horrible sensation. Uh, so to distract myself further, I went up to the window in the bedroom um, and just stared into the darkness of the garden then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I shit you not, right in front of my <laughs> face, the net curtains, so, you know, I'm sure most people listening will know what net curtains are, but they're just, you know, 
flimsy white granny uh, curtains. Granny curtains <laughs> that um, yeah sit in front of the window, and r- out of nowhere, so I'm staring there, just looking through these net curtains into the dark garden, and right in front of my face, the net curtains lifted all the way to the top. You know, it was like two hands had grabbed either side. Um, and just lifted them all the way, and they stayed up there for you know a good few seconds. Um, oh, it's incredibly creepy, and and then they just dropped back down. So I ran faster than I've ever ran before downstairs, <laughs> crying my eyes out for my mummy. And uh, yeah, I must say, you know, there were no windows open at the time. There was absolutely no explanation of what I saw. Um, and sadly, I still had to sleep in that room. But luckily, my sister eventually came back out of the bathroom. But yeah, I mean, man, that was... Uh, Sounds intense. It, man. Really intense. Really intense. And, you know, I just... like, Why did that happen? It's like, it's hard to... Maybe I didn't explain it right, but it's hard to visualise, you know, just... It's like two hands grabbed these curtains. I yeah. saw two dents where hands should be, and they just lifted all the way to the top and dropped back down right in front of my face yeah and and if you think about it like for the power of like a breeze to do that it has to be some sort of like proper breeze and then if anyone everyone's had curtains in their room and they know when there's a breeze they the curtain like they sort of blow out into the room or they suck into the window they don't lift up to the Mm. top and then just drop well it's never happened to me anyway that's that's got to be one of the scariest things i think's happened to me um, but yeah, and I'll tell you some more stories. So I call this one the vanished angel. So um, this is not actually my own ghost story. This is one my mum told me that really, really stuck with me. So also, you know, we were based in South End still at the time. I wasn't actually there, um, but my mum, her partner, and my little sister were there at the time. My sister was only a baby, um, and they went on a little trip to a nature reserve called Two Tree Island. So to set the scene a little, this place is a flat, marshy kind of reserva- uh, reserve for bird watchers, walkers, and, and such. Yeah. Um, just as du- uh, dusk was setting in, they walked back to my mum's car, strapped my little sister in her car seat, and went to leave. But as they you know, started the ignition, the car didn't want to start. But sadly, they'd left quite late, and the car park was empty, and you know they were the last car there. Um, there was nobody there to, you know, help them out or you know give them a jump start or anything so not knowing really what to do you know my mum lifted up the bonnet looked inside but couldn't see much of a problem because obviously she's not a mechanic um and then not long after you know after opening the bonnet a car just appeared out of nowhere you know there was no sound it's all on gravel and everything there's no sound of this car coming you could probably see for a good you know half a mile all around you um, and yeah, this car just appeared out of nowhere and this guy jumped out of his car and, um, you know, he asked, you know, do you need some help? Um, and luckily, you know, he had some jump leads in his boot and began to jumpstart the car battery for my mum, got it all working again, you know, success, great. They, they can go on their way home. You know, my mum didn't really think much of it at the time. She was like, oh, that's weird. Where did this guy come from? But, you know, thank God he's here. Uh, and then... Just as they started the car, uh, my mum, within seconds, got out of the car, went to go and thank this hero for, you know, rescuing them in the dark in this car park all alone. And he's just completely gone without a trace, like, you know, how he arrived. You know, they didn't see him coming. They didn't see any headlights coming. They didn't hear a sound. 
no sound of his car leaving, um, no sign of him, you know. Like I said, this location, if you've ever been, it's super flat and, you know, you can see for miles around. You can see all around you. Um, he was absolutely nowhere to, to be seen. So uh, maybe he was a guardian angel. Who knows? And that's pretty cool. Um, again, not everyone's experience of, like, the paranormal has always got to be negative. I mean, it's quite common for everyone to ha- uh, for a lot of people to have negative experience, especially where they're scared. I mean, in, in that instance, that sounds like it was, um, yeah, really, really strange. But in they, you knew there was no malice there. So, I mean, that was, that was, that was really cool. Um, if not, again, yeah, it's still it's still scary. Like, imagine someone appears and then next moment they disappeared again. You know, it's going to sort of, like, freak you out. But yeah. in a good way, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, you know, like you say, man, it's, it was a really nice kind of story. And, uh, you know, they're just very lucky that, whoever or whatever this guy was was there at the time and uh i mean you know i'm sure they wouldn't have been stranded forever then they if he didn't turn up he they'd still be on this island waiting <laughs> for a, for rescue or turned into bones by now but yeah um so yeah carrying on with some more stories um then due to another change in circumstance a few years later uh, me my mum and my little sister moved back to cambridge uh we lived in a couple of houses over a few years and then finally settled down into a place called Hardwick, you know, a few miles outside of Cambridge, uh, where my mum met another guy, got remarried and settled down. <clears throat> One thing I will say, um, you know, it's a little bit personal, but there was a lot of arguing and negative energy over the course of the next few years. And I'm sure, as you know, Nige, um, from and, you know, from the things I've heard, you know, listening to countless documentaries podcasts books you know on on the paranormal and stuff this kind of negative energy has the potential to you know maybe attract spirits and uh i personally believe you know that it really did so i lived in this house uh from the age of maybe 15 to 22 and i had some really totally unexplainable experiences here so when i was about 19 um sadly my granddad passed away uh, he spent his last Christmas with us and died a few months later. Uh, at the time, I was in a bit of a bad place mentally. You know, I started smoking cigarettes and abusing, you know, marijuana, things like that. Um, you know, some things my granddad, you know, definitely would not have been proud of. Um, and then one day, I had one of my um, best mates over. We were sitting in my room, we were sitting there rolling a joint. Uh, we are sober at this point. Um, But I started talking about my granddad and said, you know, how I think he'd be disappointed in me from, you know, what I was doing. And out of nowhere, I had a shelf above my head and every last item on the shelf was just like swept across the room. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I can't explain that. It never (laughs) happened in the 10 years I was in that room other than that that moment when I was, you know, talking about how I think he wouldn't approve of what I'm doing. Uh, So, yeah, I think he was maybe just agreeing with what I just said. Um... And then, you know, after brushing it off, me and my friend went outside for a smoke, continued to do so, you know, until it was bedtime. Uh, and then the next morning, I woke up, uh, opened my bedroom door to just go downstairs, and laying right in front of me was half a joint, which um, left me a little bit confused. You know, me and my friend had finished smoking the weed, you know, the night before, and um, my friend was sharing the room with me all night, so, you know, 
he didn't get up and go and have one. We didn't have any left. And we'd finished, we'd finished everything. So I was just really confused. You know, no one else in my house smoked weed, so couldn't have been them. And then my friend woke up and I said to him, like, really confused. I was like, did you drop this or leave it here? Um, which also left him, you know, quite confused. No explanation. Maybe, you know, another sign from my granddad to say he knows what I'm up to. Um, but yeah, thankfully, after many years, managed to uh, kick the smoking habits. So uh, hopefully he's happy yeah. with me now. <laughs> and as I'm sure people know, drugs aren't cheap. So it's not it's like you've got to leave it lying around. So Yeah, and um, but yeah, that was a nice little present from the spirit world maybe or um, <laughs> did you know. smoke it we did smoke it <laughs> <laughs> cheers granddad <laughs> i mean yeah I, d- I don't know you know that's just something that happened i, I just can't yeah. explain it and it was just weird that happened l- the night after i mean most people listening to this are probably just thinking you know you dropped it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know if you were there you, we knew we knew we'd finished it we knew it'd all go on but it was just perfectly right in front of my bedroom door, half a half a spliff. Like, yeah, it's weird. Man. Yeah, it's very weird. strange. Um, a few more things happened in that house um, over the years, which my mum actually still lives in. I went there today, in in fact. Um, and the next one really, really creeped me out. Um, this is another one. This probably the. I mean, I've said this a few times now, but this really was a weird one. This one shake you up? Yeah, and like to this day. I'm like, what the hell happened there? Um, with this one's, you know, a bit more uh, unexplainable than the previous one, where we were probably just stoned. Let's face it. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, so <clears throat> this story is probably happened about six years ago now. So I used to spend a lot of time alone in my bedroom, you know, playing Xbox, working on my laptop, you know, whatever a young teen does, or you know adolescent guy does um and i was sitting at my desk and all of a sudden there was a loud knock at my door followed by my mum's ex-partner saying jamie come downstairs now in like a really kind of stern voice yeah you know i instantly thought was out of place you know he never kind of did that um plus you know it was quite a small house you've been to my mum's house yeah yeah um there's just three bedrooms up the stairs you know compact very very not very small landing yeah exactly it's like you couldn't even swing a cat right um not that we condone swinging cats (laughs) um but yeah yeah so you know in in a house like that you you just know if someone's are you know in the next room or if they're upstairs or you'd hear them coming up the stairs and i had no music or nothing um so yeah this knock on the door jamie come downstairs now and uh i was instantly i went why no answer so i listened closely you know for the sound of him going down the stairs i just met with total silence you know it was like he was still outside my door but not replying to me and then after a few seconds um I opened my door, you know, expecting him just to be there, but nobody was upstairs, you know, just like I thought. So confused, I heard, uh, so yeah, I was confused, you know, I heard no footsteps going down the stairs. I went downstairs, went into the sitting room where my mum and my little sister were sat. I said to them, you know, do you know what he wants? He's just told me to come downstairs. And they were like, no, he's outside in the shed. So I said, so he didn't just come up the stairs and, you know, knock on my door. And they said, no, we didn't hear anyone. 
you know, just go and ask him. Um, so it, I was like, what? I, you know, they'd have heard him. The stairs is right next to him. They'd have heard him, heard him go up the stairs. So, yeah, so confused. I went down to the, you know, long garden path. You know, the back garden's very long. And there's a shed at the end. So And he's in the shed. So I went all the way down there. I said to him, yeah, you know, you called me. What is it you want? And he said, no, I never called you. He's like, I've been, been here the whole time. I said, you know, you literally just came, knocked on my door and said, come downstairs. And he was like, nope, I've been here like, the whole time. So... You know, I can say with 100% certainty it was his voice I heard. And clear as day, you know, there was a big loud knock on my door. Uh, to this day, absolutely no explanation to this. I'm still left very confused about the situation. You know, I've heard a few stories um, of, you know, ghosts throwing their voice to sound like family members. Yeah, yeah um, I've, I've heard it. Well, I've heard similar. Too. And guess it seems like it happened to me. Um Really weird that one, uh, and just a li another one in this house. Uh, another time, um, so I was just with my old stepbrother at the time. We were just in the kitchen talking, and I was like, "All right, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs now." As I walked out of the kitchen to go up the stairs, um, I was just met this with this like evil-sounding growl right in my ear. Um, absolutely no idea where it came from. Yeah. Do you want me to do an impression of the growl? Go on, go on. Yeah. What's the name of your band? <laughs> uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, again, that would freak me out. Yeah, it's just so weird, man. Like, just, uh, just another thing to add to the long list of strange things that have happened to me. Um, and then I've got a few more, and then uh, we'll move on to Nigel's stories. Um, so another time, a few years later, um, I actually have audio video evidence of this one. So the naysayers can, uh, have a go on this and let me know what you think. So I was alone in the house with my younger sister at the time. I was just being a really annoying big brother, teasing her. I took her phone out of her hand as she was texting or something. Oh, how nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, annoying her. And, um... I was just being stupid and I uh, started recording myself of her trying to get her phone back, you know, just trying to be funny. And after about 30 seconds or so, I gave her the phone back and said, oh, let's watch it, thinking it would be hilarious. Um, and then halfway through the video, there's just this clear voice, which sounds like an old lady going, what are you doing? Um, so me and my sister watched that and we both looked at each other. And I was like, was that you? But no, you know, it wasn't her. You, you can see her in the video and it's clearly not my voice either. And, you know, I knew what I was doing. I was being an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah. So we had no TVs on, no radios, nothing. And, um, you know, as you hear it on the video, you, you um, anyone can hear this voice. It's clear as day. So if you go follow us on Instagram at Your Ghost Stories Podcast, I'll put the video up there for you all to see um, and then comment on the video. Let us know what you think. Um, so not long after this, I moved out with some friends, not because I was scared of all the ghost experiences. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, I was at an age where I was ready to fly the nest and become a real boy. Um, so this story um, is actually from my younger sister. And again, we've got, you know, a picture of this. This one is creepy. 
Um, I'll throw the picture up on Instagram again. Uh, the tag is your ghost stories podcast. That's where you can come find us. Um, so yeah, this one was probably about only around a year ago. Um, my mum was out for the night, leaving my um, leaving. My, so I, you know, like I said, I'd moved out at the time. I was living, you know, where we are now. And my sister was alone in the house, just with the dog. You know, she weren't too pleased about that. You know, she's had quite a few une uneasy experiences in this house too. Mm -hmm. You know, living there, personally, I'd always just felt like I was kind of being watched. Um, and then she went downstairs, like, you know, again, she's alone in the house, all the doors are locked. She went down the stairs and she came back upstairs, I think, to go to bed or something. Uh, no, I'm not sure, I think it was daytime. But anyway, she went down the stairs um, and as she come back upstairs, there was just this drawing on her window, like someone had finger painted in the dust. So yeah, it was just like a perfect image of a girl wearing a crown. Yeah, I'm like, no explanation whatsoever. She 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 texted me right away and she sent me the uh, picture and she was like, help. She was like, I've just gone downstairs, come upstairs and this is on the window. Was this your old room? The one um, no, so she's got my mum's old room. Oh, okay. But th this is the same room where I filmed um, me being an idiot and we heard that voice. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, go and have a look at this picture on Instagram. It's so creepy. You know, I trust my little sister. She ain't just going to make this up. You know, if she did that and she ain't going to freak herself out by doing something like, I don't know, like, I, you know, I or know risk her. you teasing her for the rest of the Yeah, life. I know her and I know she didn't do this, you know, for attention or whatever. It was so creepy, man. Yeah, like I say, I'm going to put this picture on our Instagram and again, let us know what you think about this picture. So yeah, like she texted me and she said, you know, it wasn't there, you know, earlier in the day. She was completely alone. And then I came over about two days later as, you know, I wanted to see it. I wanted to go and have a look at this little weird picture um, and it just completely gone. You know, she didn't rub it off, nothing. Uh, so that was really creepy. Um i got a couple more stories which happened with friends. So, you know, at this, I definitely wasn't imagining these. Um, and one of them is right here with my buddy Nigel. What? Uh, so, I'm sure you can help me tell this story, Nigel. So, um, yeah, yeah. This one is um, about the time where we're in a... We're in a coal mine, actually. So we're doing one of our many adventures. <laughs> yeah. This one wasn't a ghosty one or anything. We're just doing a deep cave exploration yeah yeah so it was uh it was a guided tour so we got you know we couldn't just sort of go off and do it on our own we had a professional uh, with us and yeah so, so we were in um we, we went to a little forest holiday didn't we and you know with a nice hot tub and all that yeah it was in <laughs> gloucestershire yeah and um yeah like i say we went on done this cave diving thing uh, it was at a place called Clearwell Caves. And yeah, as we walked into the cave, wearing our overalls and head torch, um, we, we had about, I don't know, what, six other people with us and yeah, the guide. Yeah, there's a fair amount of people. And um, the, as we walked in, the guide padlocked this metal gate to the cave entrance. Um, I think his explanation at the time was saying, like, I know it stops people coming in from behind us um, just so we're totally alone during the excursion. You know, no little local youths coming in and messing with us or, you know, whatever. You know, it's just like Nigel said, it's just a simple excursion. We're just climbing through some narrow holes. Nigel getting his ass stuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, yeah, you just, you know, going deeper into these caves and, you know, learning about its history and having a look around. Um, yeah. So, yeah, in this cave, there's, it took uh, quite a long time to go around it because there's so many sort of like different sort of areas that they uh, can take you. And um, one of them was, so you followed um, this route and it took you through um, this, uh, so it took you through to this place called the uh, the Rabbit Run. And basically what it is, so it's, it, the cave was open, had a, a, a big drop off the side, but there was like a, you know, a path and I think there was like sort of a barrier or something to stop you falling off the side. But you basically went around this sort of like corner and you had a tunnel in front of you. And he warned us, he called this one the, the Rabbit Run, because as you're going through it, it starts getting narrower and narrower and you end up having to go on your hands and knees and then you pop through a hole at the other end and that takes you out into a big open cavern. So this time, we were going through this cave because we were all in a long line and we were towards sort of like the back and uh, we didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. You know, it's just like this cave, walls and rocks and everything. So then we start going through this uh, tunnel, go through... Um, go, we all go through the, the rabbit run and then we carry on with the tour, you know, and he's talking to us all about the, um, the cave and he gets us to all sit down at one point and turn our uh, head torches off. So it's completely black and you're like immersed in the darkness. And it's, it like, was, it's like you'd never felt darkness like it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, you just, you know, you put your hand in front of your face, you, you just cannot see your eyes don't work basically. And then, um, turned uh, the torches back on and then. He was just asking like questions, people asking about the caves and all that. And then me, just being curious, I, I started uh, asking about, um, we'll get onto this a little bit later, but I did ask him. I was like, This was on the walk back, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I said, You know, about, you know, bearing in mind, we walked back the exact same route we came. Yeah. And there was no, um, no one else in this caves with us at the time. You know, the, the door was locked behind us, the gate, metal gate. So yeah, like you're saying, we walked back through. It was the rabbit run bit, right? Yeah, yeah. So as as we was we was the ones um, towards the end of the line going through it. So on the way back, we were I think we we're one of the first lot to come out. Yeah. So yeah, again, we, as we were the last ones entering into this like section of like the the tunnel, didn't see anything weird. But on the way back, we were the first ones out, and as we popped out of the tunnel, a little distance away from the entrance of this tunnel there was all these rocks piled up on top of each other and they were done by size. So you had large... There's a name for it, isn't there? Like rock balancing, that's it? Rock yes, balancing. yeah, yeah. So this is rock balancing formation and it just... And it came, probably yeah. came up to what, our waists? Yeah, it was weird. It, like, it, it was something that you couldn't have missed going on the way in. It was right in the middle of the path, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like, you wouldn't have, whoever was behind it, like obviously we were the last ones. You know, and there was no one in front of us because it would have took quite some time to build this formation and balance everything perfectly. And you just wouldn't have that amount of time of doing that while you're all going through this tunnel. Uh, so, I think the weird thing is, is just before this happened, like you're saying, you you know, the, the guard asked us some questions and we, we were interested about, you know, has, has this place is, is got the, any ghost stories yeah, or anything? Is, is the cave haunted? Is and, the first um, thing I said to him. He's probably like, oh, bloody hell, here we go. But no, he's actually... Um, he gave us a really cool story. Yeah. Um, and what was the story? It's, it's about um, an old man or something, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's uh, quite a few. But just briefly touching, so all these stones were balanced and there's no way that 
that we would have had the time to have built it. Or anyone in front of yeah. us, yeah. So it was just there. And I think even the guide, because we the pointed guy, it out The guy looked like, a bit white, didn't he? he yeah, was he was like, like what? That's, we that's were like, really how, strange. How did this get there? Like, you know, it wasn't there, what, 10, 20 minutes ago when we walked past here. And he was like, I have no idea. He was, you know, just as confused as us. So yeah, that, you know, that, I mean, like, you know, we didn't, we didn't see any kind of apparitions or anything no, no, no. in this cave. But um, yeah, like we asked him about ghost stories and stuff. And he said there's actually a famous story of an old man and a TV film crew. So they yeah. had quite a few, because uh, it's such a cool location. They had quite a few TV crews down in the caves, probably since, I don't know, the 70s or something. Um, and the, yeah, they film, you know, episodes or films and so on. And um, I think the story goes, you can actually look this up online. So if you type in Clearwell Caves Ghost, it's quite well documented. And I think, you know, quite a few people have seen this guy uh, well, this apparition. Um, and yeah, so um, I think this, the story goes that you know, this, TV crew, this TV crew were down there in these caves filming. Um, and on their way out, I think one of the film, I think he said that the sound guy or something had, you know, got a little, little bit lost. Um, but, he, you know, he saw an old man in the cave who, you know, kindly gave him directions and said, oh, you know, take, take this way out um, and you can leave the cave. And, you know, once he found his way out, he said, you know, to the other crew, oh, you know, we've got to wait for the old man. He's still down there. To which, you know, the whole crew replied, you know, you're the last one. There's no one else in the cave. Um yeah, like I say, you can find, you know, probably the whole story and much better information uh, online. So, yeah, like I say, just type in Clearwell Caves. And, uh, yeah, so that, uh, we had a little Google and, it, yeah, it pops up, which is uh, really cool. And another one he told us about this old man was as well. Initially, when the crew was going down there, so they had to uh, route all their um, power cables for all their cameras because back in the day, you know, not everything was sort of like battery powered. So they were struggling to where they wanted to go. The cables weren't long enough. And they said, again, this old man appeared and showed them a shortcut that they could route their cables. Um, so they did. They followed They followed this guy's shortcut um, and set all the cameras up. And when they turned around to thank him, it was nowhere to be found. And then uh, they, they believe it's the, the same guy. Mm. So it's creepy. Creepy, yeah. I'd love to look into this uh, a little bit more. and see. Yeah. I think the caves are closed now, aren't they? I'm not sure. Reason. That'd be a shame. Yeah, because I did look it up, and because um, you know, I recommend going there because it was an absolutely amazing uh, tour. Apart from getting my ass stuck, <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight for me. <laughs> yeah, this section of the cave called like uh, I kind of call it like the mouse hole or something. Yeah, something like that. And you basically have to lay on your on your belly, turn your head to the side, and you've got a hat on, so that takes off a bit of room. So you've got to lay on your side, uh, on your front, look to the side, and just belly crawl. And I was. I, it's only like a few meters. And uh, so as I start doing it, yeah, I got halfway through and then all of a sudden I start, because it's very claustrophobic, and I start to panic. And I'm like, my arse is stuck. My arse is stuck. <laughs> I said, Jovi, take my hand, take my hand. You had to like pull, pull you out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, luckily, yeah, luckily you survived. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I got, you know, one last story which happened to me and a good friend a few years ago. So um, we used to work on uh, the third floor of an office building in the center of Cambridge you know like all good employees um, we like to have a little break every hour or so and go downstairs for a chat and a coffee and stuff 
and you know just hang out in the car park and just not do any work very productive very very <laughs> productive and then one day it was actually we used to go like on the hour every hour go up grab a coffee go downstairs just chill out and um one day i remember it's exactly 2 p.m so yeah as usual for the past four or five years went downstairs had a good old chat and uh you know walked out to the back door when we finished you know we walked back in usual routine you know go call to call for the lift go back up to the office and um as we walked through the door into the lobby of the office building the lift started to close and you know we both saw um the you know a man's leg go into the go into the lift you know nothing out of the ordinary there's you know hundreds of people that worked in this office building so we didn't think anything of it we just like ah oh, you know got to wait for the next lift uh, so, you know, what I saw, what we both saw is, you know, I saw someone wearing black trousers and the, you know, black boots uh, and they went into the lift. Like I said, just all I saw was, you know, one leg as, you know, a motion of yeah, walking yeah. into the lift and um, thinking nothing of it. You know, we hit the button, waited for the next lift. And as we hit the button, the door that we both saw this man go into opened and well, straight away as soon as you push yeah, the button yeah so you know we were expecting either the door or you know the, the lift not to open because he's got the, this guy's gone upstairs or the door to open and this guy just hadn't pressed the button but as the door opened you know nobody was in that lift we just both looked at each other and we were like did you just see that so which we both freaked out did you get in the lift Oh, yeah, we still got in the lift, but we both freaked out. Before we got in the lift, actually, we went um, to the reception, which is, you know, just through one of the doors. And we said, we've just seen someone going to that lift and now they're not there. They're looking at us like, you crackheads. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, what are you on about? Like, you know, um, we were like, honestly, they had CCTV uh, monitor sitting on the office desk. And we were like, yeah. can you rewind that CCTV? And they're like, oh, we, we can't access it, and you know, unless like a crime or something's been committed. So yeah, sadly, we we just we just wanted to see this happen on CCTV. We were both like, we both just saw this. Like we're not crazy. We yeah. both just saw this happen right in front of our eyes. And yeah, but yeah, they unfortunately couldn't rewind it and thought we were nuts. And um, <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing is, the very very next day, exactly the same time. 2 p.m. Yeah. My friend Steve went downstairs. I was busy actually working for once or probably watching <laughs> something on Netflix. So I told him I'd come down next time. And, uh, you know, he goes instead. He saw the exact same thing exactly 24 hours later. A man walks into the lift. The door closes. As he presses the button, the door opens and no one is in the lift. Just completely vanished. Um, so yeah, he then ran up the stairs to tell me what happened again. You know, I, get, I fully trust this guy. Like he wouldn't just make this up. Um, I saw it happen the day before, and um, you know, I have absolutely no reason to disbelieve him. It's safe to say that the night shifts in that place were never the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that concludes pretty much all of my um, all my you know personal experiences in my life. Uh, I mean, I think they're weird. I think a lot of strange stuff has happened that I can't explain. Yeah, totally, man. They sound absolutely sort of like, some of them sound absolutely horrifying. 
So yeah, we're done with my stories now. Um, now we're going to pass over to Nigel. Yeah. I suppose he's on to, on to my story, Sam. I'm not sure there is a... I haven't physically seen any any apparitions or anything, but so my experiences are more of a... I suppose a sense and a feeling. Um, so I, I've never seen any sort of like solid figure or apparition so mine are all as i say from another sense but so yeah my first brush with the unexplained paranormal dates back to when i was a kid in the early 90s i'm an 80s baby but a 90s kid getting on (laughs) Uh, mate yeah i know i must have been about four or five and um at the time uh we lived in a uh a little like i call it like a retirement town but it's not anymore but a place called St. Neats lived in a in a council house well rough it represented I had a good upbringing but yeah so I lived in this uh, three bed council house so I used to share um, a bedroom with my older brother so there's about nearly two years between me and my brother so it, the bedroom we had was quite a large bedroom we had uh, bunk beds um, but I had to sleep at the bottom through fear of um my mum said she was uh, afraid I'd roll out the bed from the top, whereas my brother used to say he was afraid that if I slept on the top, I'd wet the bed and it would rain on him. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, so, yeah. So that was our bedroom. Um, just a typical kid's bedroom. But the way the bed was uh, situated uh, in this room was... Uh, so we had the doorway was in um, one far corner of the room and our bed was uh, in the opposite corner of the room so from where i was laying in the bed you had a direct view of the doorway and uh, the landing now my mom my mom at the time thought it was a great idea you know so we weren't scared of the dark should get a, a night light so there's a little uh, plug socket in the hall you still got that in you? you still use that night light <laughs> i still got it but yeah so there's this lovely night light that should my mom would plug into uh, into the wall and turn on the night and it would give off a hellish eerie red glow a bit like uh, what we use here but a bit more sinister it was like a i don't think it was an led i think it was like a filament because it used to your mum was like oh <laughs> this will be a laugh it used to flicker it used to flicker and it just it didn't bring me any comfort whatsoever you know if anything Did the opposite yeah yeah I, I, I get it i get it but yeah so anyway my first memory um of an encounter encounter i had that frightened me was it frightened me that it's sort of a paralyzing fear but anyway so i was in bed it was late and i know it was late because um when i'd woken up suddenly i could tell everyone was in bed because when i was little my mum and dad used to send us off to bed and you'd be able to hear the tv downstairs you could hear it just on got another council i think yeah <laughs> And for when I woke up, it was completely silent, you know. I knew my brother was in bed above me. But as I was so as I was laying there, I could feel um the bottom of my bed. You could feel rain above you. <laughs> no, so as yeah, as I was laying in the bed and I woke up suddenly, I didn't move, it was just literally one of those things where you've you've woken up and you open your eyes and I was facing the wall. Um and I just felt 
this weight on the bottom of my bed, like pushed down. And I felt the covers go tight around, around my legs. And my first thought was, it's the dog. It's the dog's jumped on the bed. But in my little mind, when I thought about it, no, no, when the dog jumps on the bed, it used to jump on the bed and come up, come up to my, like, up to my head. And not with dogs, they usually circle. They don't just plonk down. So this, so yeah, I felt these covers go really tight. And I remember turning my head slightly and looking in that direction. And what I saw was absolutely nothing. All I could see was the indent of uh, of the covers still pushed down, an imprint, and it just freaked me out. I sort of like froze, looked back at the wall, and I was just laying there and I'm like, pretend to be asleep, pretend to be asleep, pretend to be asleep, pretend to be asleep, don't move, don't move, don't move. Because in my head, if I moved, it would know I was awake and it would get me. Um, so that was like, uh, and then I think I just kept saying it over and over in my head until I just fell asleep. That's a creepy thing to happen, man. I mean, the, the weird thing is the exact same thing happened to Sammy, my partner. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure she told you this when we were talking about them originally. But yeah, she had a very, very similar encounter where she was laying in bed. And she actually thought it was her dad sleepwalking. Yeah. And um, yeah, she you know, she laid there just so scared, like wanting to turn around and be like, you know, just, oh no, like it's going to freak her out just because her dad's sleepwalking. Yeah. And um, she turned around and there's, or, you know, she kicked out to feel anyone there and there's no one there. But yeah, she, you know, she felt that indentation in her bed. So weird, isn't it? Yeah, it was, as I say, like, see, this happened um, quite a few times when I was little you know and it was like there was something physically there because i would push my leg against it and i'd feel the resistance but yet there was there was no one there and so this actually really scared me it scared me to the point that when i used to go in my i was a little kid and i, I didn't understand what's going on so i didn't tell my mom or anything like that so but when i used to go to bed i used to get into bed and i, I used to have two, two pillows I would pull the covers all the way up to the bottom of my lip and I'd put the other pillow over my head so I had this little gap where my mouth was, this little peephole in my mouth, just so I could breathe because I was so scared of looking out into the bedroom at night because of this red light. You know. Cheers, mum. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Your mum bought the demons. <laughs> yeah. And um, this one... Uh, it, it, it escalated a little bit more. So, again, laying in bed, uh, I used to, it's quite consistent of me sleeping this way. I don't know how I didn't suffocate, but so one night again, I woke up uh, suddenly. I still had a pillow over my, over my head. Covers were still on me. But this time, I felt, it's weird, I say cold. But at the same time, it's like the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and my whole body just felt electrified. Like all the hair everywhere was just like ping on standing on end. And then all of a sudden I felt the covers from the bottom of the bed. The covers start to get pulled and it was very slowly at first. 
and they started to come down past my face, past my chin, and then I quickly grabbed the covers and I was pulling them. And there was a resistance pulling my covers and I was like having this like sort of battle and I just freaked out and I yelled, Mom! <laughs> and it just, just like that it stopped. Um, my mum <laughs> came goes, into goes the room. didn't want to deal with your mum. <laughs> yeah, turned the light on. What's going on? What's going on? And also, I, I, you know, she just thought I had a, a nightmare. But yeah, hands down, it was so quick. It wasn't my brother messing around because he was obviously in bed. And when my mum came running into the room, turned the light on, it's woke him up like, what's going on? And then it's me. And there was no time for anything to leave the room because it would have bumped straight into my mum. It was just, it was really... Yeah, that was really... I'll say it was traumatic because I developed a fear of the dark and um, I hated... So at night, I was wake up in the middle of the night and I'd, I'd need a wee. I'd absolutely hate getting out of bed to go to the, the bathroom because I'd have to leave my bedroom, go past the stairs and then get into the bathroom. And again, I hate going past the stairs because it's completely pitch black. And I think it's quite common for people to say this, that stairs are a big thing where either you're at the top and you feel like something's down at the bottom watching you or vice versa so when i was little i used to try and hold it for hours and hours and hours till i heard my parents get up go to the toilet and light and i'll be like come running out toilet no wonder you probably didn't want to sleep <laughs> on do you but so i started to get a bit braver and um as the years went on again still petrified the dark wake up <laughs> needing a pee and so what I used to, to do was uh, I used to walk to the to the doorway and I'd I'd run. I'd run from my bedroom and in the gap between the um, the stairs, I would jump because I was, I was scared that someone's going to grab me. So I'd run, jump this gap and go bang and crash into, uh, into the bathroom, waking my parents up every time, getting like freaked out. But yeah, it's safe to say I wasn't popular with my parents doing that. Hmm. Um, other than that... Uh, growing up in that house for uh, from a young age, again, I just I just remember hearing footsteps. Um, again, I used to think it was um, if my parents come upstairs, because um, they would come up. You hear the footsteps go upstairs quite like not fast, just gradual, dunk, 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 and then you'd hear them on the landing because the floorboards are squeak. And it would stop outside the bedroom door. And our bedroom door, at some point we used to close the bedroom door as we got older. And it would just like stay there. And you'd sit there for like minutes, what felt like hours, just listening. Like, why are they just standing outside my door? Why aren't they moving? They're just standing there. And you'd be laying there for like 10, 15 minutes. It's like too scared to get out of bed and go and look. It's like there's no way my parents are going to be standing there outside the door for unknown reason just waiting <laughs> creepy something about these um council house ghosts and uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the council hire them because they want to evict us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have no uh problem with the council <laughs> so yeah um that was my story um from, from what i can remember from a very very young age there are some other stories that my parents and um my brother's uh wife used to um tell us what they'd seen in, in the house where they'd, um, for instance I never knew my grandparents they'd long passed since I was born but uh, quite a few times 
people to be sitting in our kitchen. And obviously that's where our back garden was with the garden wall and everything. And people to be like, you know, family be there having a cup of tea or something. And then they would stop because they just said, someone's come to the door. And um, so they'd stop, wait for someone to knock. And they go to the door and there's no one there. And this is like sometimes during the like, daytime. And um, the people would describe this uh, older man wearing like uh, just it's a bit like 50s style clothes, just walk past the window. It's just one of those really weird experiences. I really like the, um, it's not a ghost story, but I really like the story you told me about your dad sleepwalking. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Hey dad, I'm going to tell the world the, uh, about your sleepwalking experiences. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, as a, I suppose as a teenager, I remember this one time being in bed, I was asleep. Next thing I know, my bedroom door is flung open, the lights uh, flicked on, <laughs> my dad's standing there, stark, bollock naked, looking into the room, going, ooh, <laughs> turns around, walks out into my brother's room, opens the door, turns the light on, he's gone, <laughs> he's gone downstairs. Turning the lights on, and I, 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 this, at this point, I'm I'm up out of bed. I'm like, what the hell's going on? What's going on? So I go out to landing. <laughs> There's my mum walking out into the landing, going, "Oh, he's on one again." It's <laughs> like, what? She's, oh, he's on one. He's sleepwalking. He's walking around the old house, turning all the lights on, <laughs> thinking he's fighting, chasing demons. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Ray the demons, Slayer. Yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope they had the curtains closed. <laughs> What uh, what an uh, image I have in my head there of you just laying in bed and your dad just coming in naked. <laughs> I'm mentally scarred. I bet you are. That's worse than any uh, paranormal experience. So uh, again, so after uh, my early teens, they were pretty, um, I suppose, uninventful. I didn't really experience anything paranormal or sort of like high strangeness for quite some time and you know this uh, I, had, I still had a fear of the dark and I always felt like if I was going into another room on my own I always felt like I was if something was watching me but as I grew older I sort of like grew out of it and just nothing ever happened so I kind of like I lost the fear of it but anyway going back to um, my hometown of St. Nears there's this really old brick cage slash lockup. It's um, right by the church uh, near where I live, where I used to work. And, and there's this, um, opposite the road from it, there's this, as I say, this lockup, which was a built, it was built in about 1825, opposite the church. And what it was used for was to uh, lock up um, local drunks or those people who committed pre uh, petty crimes, just to lock them up over the night while they awaited their trial or was sobered up and they released them in the morning. But everyone who lives there knows of the old small building. You know, it's often just forgotten about. No one really pays any attention to it other than sort of like bank holidays. They might open it up to visitors and some people might be interested. But yeah, it's just a really old building that's been preserved for, very, for many years. But anyway, one evening, I must have been about 21. I met up with one of my mates and we went to the local pub. Had a few drinks and a catch up. And after, you know, after a few pints, we was just, for whatever reason, we got onto the topic of uh, those ghost shows. 
You know, the one on the TV where they were actively trying to capture evidence, but screaming, what was that? Every time some little noise in the dark or when a piece of evidence actually showed up, they all fell apart. But uh, yeah, so after we finished our drink, we thought it'd be fun to walk around uh, the church cemetery. Bearing in mind, this must have been about, what, nine o'clock in, the, in winter. So it's quite dark. So we're walking around this uh, church cemetery looking for a cheap thrill. We walk through the graveyard laughing and quoting these uh, TV shows. And that's when we decided to make our way to the cage, which was literally just across the road from the church. So we, we, <laughs> so we waddled over, to, the, uh, over this, to this cage laughing the reds off. And we stood there at the door, which was, uh, it was a wooden door. Doing an impression of Derek Akora. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we got to this wooden door but it had like iron bars at the top so you could see part way into the lockup. And that's when my mate, uh, Jack, he suggested, um, you know, he used the voice recorder on his phone. Bearing in mind when we're like, uh, these were the early phones. So I think it's like, you might've had a camera, but yeah, had a, a voice recorder on it. So we stood at the wooden door. Jack poked, uh, poked his phone through and he, like, he nodded at me and was like, go on, try and talk to the spirits. So after a few moments of laughing at the idea, I mockingly said, if there's anyone there, knock twice for yes and once for no. And we waited about 10 seconds or so. And then Jack stopped the recording and we burst out laughing at our stupidity. And then while we're still standing on the spot by the door, we fell silent and Jack played it back on his phone. I've, I've got this clip actually. So I've got this recording still so I can... Uh, I, you can find it on the Instagram page, which will be um, your uh, at your your ghost stories podcast. Yeah, it's getting late. Nigel's getting tired. <laughs> it's a school night. So anyway, so we played it back, and our faces dropped. For the audio, I did play something back. Throughout the clip, you can hear a constant banging with a faint voice that says "Go away," followed by what sounds like a raspy breath right on the right up against the phone at this point jack screamed and took off running and he took off running to the nearest lamppost because it was like a bit of light and not only is me standing there freaking out going, Wah! and so i started bolting too so but there's the sound you didn't you didn't hear us all like with you know not on the recording no like so when we was actually standing there it was completely silent you know that's why we laughed because like <laughs> you know this if this, this stupid, ghost yeah. is going to say like he's going to knock once for no he's not there so it was just like having an absolute laugh but yeah when we played it back absolutely horrified it was weird like you could clearly hear the banging and you can hear that voice and it's just the, the raspy sort of like breath like sort of going Wah! it was just yeah it completely freaked us out but as I say um, I've got the clip and uh, it's, it's it's old but um so yeah, we got a few. Yeah. Uh, we got what three clips to post on our Instagram. So yeah, definitely check yeah. it out at Your Ghost Stories Podcast. Uh, so it seems you got one more story to tell us, Nigel. Yeah, yeah, I got. So after that, I didn't. I haven't experienced anything or anything I really noticed to for a quite long time. And in my most recent encounter happened in uh, 2020. So in uh, January. We just uh, bought a house and uh, moved in. So this this house was completely sort of uh, gutted and needed a lot of uh, 
just sort of like cosmetic tidying up and just redecorating and, and stuff. It was, it was a good house and we got it at a cheap price. And uh, I didn't know this until after I had my experiences. But so anyway, in the, in the house, we'd moved in and basically set most of our, of our things up. We'd moved into one of the bedrooms and, you know, it was just living in the house on, on, on the weekends and when we could, we'd just decorate them. And I started to experience some really, really weird things. So, obviously, Your dad just burst in the middle of the night. I'm back, son. I'm still haunted by that. But yeah, so I'd, I'd, what was happening to me was, I'd be asleep, and in the middle of the night, I'd wake up to the door to a door slamming. I would hear a door slam, and I'd blow. Like, straight I'm straight away wide awake and I'm like Sam Sam I was like did you hear that did you hear that and she's like oh what, what, what are you on about I'm like someone's just slammed the door so there's me like grabbing her baseball bat which is a limited edition Harley Quinn <laughs> baseball bat <laughs> she's like looking at me she's like you know how much that costs and so I picked up this baseball bat I'm flicking on the lights and I'm like going around the house and I'm like you know it was only a small house anyway but I'm like there's no one here I, like, oh, I heard the door slam and she's like oh you've Imagining things, obviously, go back to bed. But I hear it every now and again. I'd hear a door slam, and it would wake me up. And what uh, one of these things that I did hear was um, to a bedside cabinet right next to my bed. Again, fast asleep, and all of a sudden I hear three knocks on my bedside cabinet, like one, two, three, and straight away I was awake, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell's going on? S- something is knocking on my bedside uh, cabinet. It freaked me out. Um, and then, you know, I started like looking online at a few things, like what's going on. And then there's this apparently there's this thing called uh, exploding head syndrome, where apparently you're you're in a dream state and you start hearing your dreams. Bearing in mind, like I'm over thirty and I've never experienced that until that time. Living at this house. Yeah, I've n- I've never experienced like audible hallucinations. I don't even know what you would call t- call those. But I've never heard things like in you know in dreams or anything like that. Um, but one physical thing that I found really that I actually saw in front of well I I heard it and I saw it. So um, after about uh, eight months, or no no sorry, after about two months, we got some uh, puppies. So um, and they used to sleep in the front room at night so but what we used to do was we used to put the radio on for them really quietly you know a little bit classical or something just to you know put them at ease i don't know if it does but it seems to so anyway i set this radio up it works off the mains so i've got the station got all dialed in set the uh volume the lights off but the lights on in the um on the landing so there's still some light i can see so i turn around i'm walking out the room a few pace, a few spa- uh, paces, and all of a sudden they hear a click, and the radio goes off. And I turn around, and the plug socket's been turned off at the wall. And plug sockets don't just turn themselves off. So I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm really, really tired. I walk over to it. I turn it on, set the station up again, and I just say, "Stay on this time." And then I turn around and walk out the room, and it stays on. But that is probably the 
strangest thing I experienced it in that house. That sounds mega creepy. Maybe uh, maybe the dogs don't like classical FM <laughs> and they prefer R&B or something. Most probably. But one thing that was really weird, so um, living in this house, I don't live there anymore, I moved out um, last year, but living in this house, there's some really weird um, similarities, which uh, I can't explain. They're just, it's just weird. So the guy who used to live in the house before me, he was an avid gardener. Like, his the, our back garden had just had so many beautiful flowers in there and uh, he had a greenhouse and he had like all sorts of vegetables and all that that he used to grow i developed after you know the first lockdown i i, I developed a passion for gardening you know i saw i was going to get rid of this greenhouse because what it's taking up half the garden i don't want it, it looks tatty and i saw i cleared it all out and then for whatever reason i had a change of mind I started, uh, started gardening and started growing things, become really obsessed with uh, gardening. And then I find out that this guy as well was an elect- was a, a, sort of a form of electrician. Hmm. And that's what I do as, as a job. So then I, I felt like that um, like all these similarities uh, that started popping up, and like this was before I knew about this person who lived there before me. And it wasn't until... There was this dog that kept uh, shitting in our front garden. And I was getting so pissed. I was like, who's letting who's letting their dog just crap on someone's garden? You know, so uh, one day I go out there to confront this this woman. So I go out there and I see this dog, you know, comes up to me, wants to fuss. And I'm like, is this your dog? And this woman come over and went, oh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really sorry. that Yeah, that, that is my dog. She goes, that was my uh, ex-husband's house. And um, he used to look after dogs. So they, they think it's their house still. So they go over there, you know, um, to For think sure. they're going to go in. I completely forgot about the whole sort of like, you know, pick your dog shit up sort of thing. <laughs> you know, it's this little like sort of old lay on, going to be rude to her sort of thing. And uh, yeah, she just uh, started talking to me um, about, you know, that was her ex-husband's house and all this and all that. And then she just casually told me that he died in the house. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. That's creepy, man. Yeah. The, the kind of, like you're saying, the synchronicities that were happening as well with, you know, you... Um, you know, getting into gardening and stuff. You know, I've known you ten years, and uh, I'd never wanted the garden. Yeah. It was all about music, and all of a sudden, I want to grow potatoes and tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> and Pos- the onions. <laughs> possessed by the uh, gardener. Yeah, could be. Yeah, he's still inside you. You know. Well, I would explain the amount of weight I put on this thing. But yeah, I think you know. That I hope you've really enjoyed our stories. Um, you know, these are just things that just happened to us. Um, but yeah, thank you again so much for listening to our very first episode. You know, we've had a lot of fun and we can't wait to start hearing your sh- your stories in the upcoming episodes. Uh, we've got some more guys joining us on the next episode. We haven't heard their stories, but, you know, we've had a very brief kind of, um, you know, what they're about and they sound really exciting. So we're really, really excited to hear them for the first time. Uh, if you liked what you heard on this show, you know, please help uh, support us uh, and help us grow by, you know, following us on Spotify. Uh, I'm not sure if you can leave us a review until you've listened to maybe five episodes, but maybe, you know, once you've done that, if you could leave us a nice review, that'd be amazing. Uh, you can also help us out by finding us on Instagram. We're probably going to start a TikTok as well and a YouTube. Uh, so you can give us a follow there. Um, and we've got a Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like we say, you can find us find us everywhere at yourghoststoriespodcast.com. If you want to share your stories, we can either read them out or, like we say, get you on the show. You can email us at yourghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. 
get involved, get involved and uh, be part of the community. But yeah, I guess uh, that concludes our first episode and we'll see you next week for episode two. See ya. Sleep tight. <laughs>